0: Hi guys, welcome to Punting Losses. I'm your host, Harley, and this is an NBA Dynasty podcast focused on all things Dynasty. So I wanted to do something a little bit different this week, guys. Um, Two things. First thing, I just want to go through some stat proficiencies, and then later on I just want to talk through um, just what these picks are actually going to be worth in the draft, just based on some previous drafts and where those players have panned out um and just yeah saying what the value is on these guys i guess so with these um stat proficiencies um i kind of feel like i'm i'm standing on the uh, shoulders of giants here with a couple of guys who have done this beforehand and they've just done it really well so i wanted to give um a crack at this myself so matt lawson and um NBA Dynasty Prospects on Twitter, they've both done a great job of setting out a spreadsheet and valuing valuing this upcoming draft in terms of what stats these guys are good at, um, bad at, if they're awesome at a stat, if they're really bad at a stat and you wanted to punt it. Just going over some, some value for these guys to help people, I guess, align the draft with their own teams and their own punt strategies their own holes in their team that they're looking to, I guess, fill with some of these guys coming through. Um, Because for us, it's not necessarily about finding the perfect fit for an NBA team. We're trying to find the perfect fit for our fantasy team. Um, We definitely don't know as much um, about these guys as what NBA teams do with the investment they have in drafting and the time and, um, I guess, dedication they have for the whole team looking at the stuff versus us who are just looking at this from a fantasy perspective, maybe a couple of hours a week um, as a hobby, there's going to be a few different things that I guess we we line, we line up differently in terms of these prospects and what we are finding value in and what an NBA team might find value in. Um, I guess one example could be an NBA team needs a lockdown defender, so they might draft him higher, but for fantasy, that guy... He might not even get you steals or blocks. He might just be a real lockdown defender where he just stops someone on the other team getting the ball and may not necessarily steal or block it, but he's a, just a great point of defense defender and he's not letting someone, I guess, get through them or be comfortable with the ball. Whereas for fantasy, that's not that valuable for us. Um, he might get playing time and have an opportunity to get other stats around that. But if there's someone else who, I guess, projects a little bit better for fantasy, we're going to be looking at taking him over the guy that maybe fits an NBA team better. So I guess I just wanted to start with the two big dogs, number one and number two on my uh, my big board. So I've got Victor here, number one, huge um, driver in terms of points and blocks. There, he's two massive categories where he's a net mass positive. And then the other, I guess, four categories that he's really good with are threes, free throw percentage, rebounds and assists. And then his field goal percentage, his steals and his turnovers are just average. So there's no real um, punt build around Victor that I can see at the moment. Um, He's not the best in terms of field goal percentage or steals, but he's not bad at those areas either. And with the playing time you're expecting to get from him, um, I'd say that there's still going to be a net positive in those areas over someone who's maybe playing um, or drafted later and has smaller minutes. So, yeah, in summary, no punts for Vic. Uh, For Scoot, who, once again, really strong in points, um, but he's really bad in blocks. Um, So he's probably not punt-worthy in blocks, but it's not someone that you're drafting thinking you're going to get blocks as part of his value. Same thing goes with his threes and his turnovers. Just because the ball's in his hands so much, turnovers is going to be high. Um, And then his threes, he doesn't really take too many of those either. Much more of a, I guess, a, a scorer elsewhere in the court. In terms of his field goal percentage, free throws, and rebounds, they're probably just average. Um, nothing amazing there. I think the the star projection or the stardom projection projection with him is just because he's a, a real point scorer, great um, assists guy, and has some amazing skills um, for someone so young. His steals are pretty pretty good as well. Um, so, yeah, in terms of punts, I haven't got any punts for, for Scoot. So, the next guy on my big board, um, Orsar Thompson. I'm going to pair him up with Armin because I've got a couple of similarities here. So, both these guys suck at free throw percentage. Um, they're If they're taking a lot of these in the NBA, you may need to consider punting that or trying to cover it somewhere else. Um, with their turnovers, also really poor with turnovers for both these guys. Um, just because the ball is going through their hands so much, uh, it's not something you're... I guess you're going to be able to find some positives in their turnovers. Um, but on the flip side of that, because the ball is going through their hands so much, they do really well in assists, both of them. Um, and their points are decent as well in terms of steals and blocks. Both these guys are amazing in those areas. So they're going to bolster your team in steals and blocks. Um, and then I guess the, one of the separators here for orsa and Armin, um, Armin has a great field goal percentage, where Stars is is kind of just good. Um, and then the other separator here is the three-pointers. So uh, a lot's been said about this guy's shooting ability and the threes and the free-throw percentage really just um, echo that observation. Um, so Armin is a, a pretty pa- pretty bad three-point guy. So for someone like me who normally punts threes um doesn't bother me too much and i'm also punting free throw percentage as well so almond kind of comes up a little bit on my board and then orsa um it's just kind of average on threes he's pro- i've seen probably a little bit more improvement with him on his three-point shot than i have with Armin, who's kind of really struggling right now um in terms of punts for these guys orsa you want to be punting free throw percentage and turnovers um for Armin thompson um threes, free throw percentage, and once again, turnover as well. Probably aren't areas that you're going to be getting much value from this guy if you bring him into your team. Uh, next up, we have Brandon Miller. So Brandon Miller, I'm quite high on. I think he's, um, like I've said before, great body, great height, and great um, length. So the stats that you're really strong with him are threes and free throw percentage. And um, he's also decent at points. And he's a real um, tenacious rebounder, I'll say as well. He's not an amazing rebounder. He's not one of the best in the class, but he uh, really goes after it, and his rebound numbers are decently high. And then his turnovers are good as well. Um, he doesn't pass the ball a heap, so that just means that he's not open to getting too many turnovers, and he's not really picked too often either. Um, in terms of his his poor stats, he doesn't really have anything that's poor. Um, his field goal percentage has improved a lot since the start of the season, and his assists, steals, and blocks. Um, are kind of just okay, and I can kind of see them improving as he gets into the NBA, depending on where he goes, if a team trusts him to bring the ball up the court, which um, he's doing already in college, then I'll see those assists rising, and then I think with his length and his athleticism, the steals and blocks can also come up once he gets to the NBA, so that just means for me that there are no real punts with um, Brandon Miller, just some good um, rounded value there. Okay, that's probably my upper echelon of um, guys on my big board. Um, From here down, I'm just going to go through some um, potential punts or areas where these guys aren't going to give you any value and you may need to um, reconsider them if you're looking for this value in the draft. So, Jarris Walker, um, not a great free throw percentage guy. Um, Cam Whitmore, really, really poor assists. Um, he's really not looking to distribute the ball at all, and his blocks are quite low as well for someone who plays forward. Um, he does kind of make up this a little bit with his threes and his points, and his steals are um, decently high as well. So, assistant blocks for Cam Whitmore. Uh, Keontae George, it's really only his field goal percentage that you may need to, to look at. Um, he doesn't get Great value from blocks, and his tournaments are kind of high just because how much balls in his hands, but I really would look at someone else if you're struggling with field goal percentage. Um, Nick Smith Jr., another one here, just wanted to say, th- thankfully he's back to playing, um, so we can kind of get some more insight into his game, um, but for him, it's once again, field goal percentage. I think... Uh, It's more of a guard thing, I guess, field goal percentage with some bigger bodies around the ring. It is harder for them to um, convert once they're there compared to some of these big guys. Um, Next is a prospect I'm quite high on, um, and the consensus is, I guess, building for him. That's Anthony Black. Um, I think once Nick Smith went down, Anthony Black had a really opportunity to to step up. Um, Maybe didn't do the best job at stepping up. He definitely didn't step down or anything like that. Um, But anyway, with Anthony Black, what you're looking to punt is his threes. He doesn't get a high volume of threes, um, which also sort of conveys to his points, which aren't really, aren't really high either, but he does get some great value in assists and steals. Um, And I kind of see him as a a Swiss army knife almost. Um, He's, he's the kind of player you like to watch because he is active everywhere. And he really wants to contribute in a lot of places. He's not someone who just wants to score. He actually wants to just win. So he's, yeah, definitely willing to to contribute on the defensive end and then pass around the ball and be a a link guy as well on offense. Uh, Next here we've got Cason Wallace, the big steals guy um, out of Kentucky. Now, I guess I mentioned this last episode as well. A lot of these Kentucky guards, it's, it's sometimes hard to get a read on. Um, just because the system that they play over there in that, in that, uh, team and what you're looking to punt from Kaysen is his free throw percentage, but, um, that may change going to the NBA, a bit of a asterisk on Kaysen Wallace. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not really a punt anywhere and his steals is just a great value area as well as his blocks and assists. And then his his field goal percentage is decent as well. So a bit of a, yeah, like I said, asterisk on Kaysen Wallace. Next here, Grady Dick. Um, Only one punt for Grady, and that's blocks. doesn't really get too many blocks. Um, His steals are pretty good. And I I don't know, I don't think he's a great defender. Um, But that doesn't matter if you're getting steals regardless. Um, I think if you're playing the lanes correctly, then you can come up with a few steals, um, and sometimes, to be honest, you just get lucky with some steals. Um, someone might throw the ball into your arm, and you end up getting it. Um, but if you're getting steals, you're getting steals, and I can see some of those steals projecting through to the NBA. Um, it's the big stat for him, though, is his three points, and his free throw percentage as well as his free uh, his points. Uh, next, here we have Jet Howard, who. I'll be honest, is a little bit of a, a chucker, I'll say. Um, they're, they're they're definitely worse, but I think for him, what you're going to be punting is, is his rebounds potentially. Um, not a real strong stats there for him there. Uh, next here, I've got Carl Filipowski from Duke. Um, he's decent. He's decent across the board. The only area that I'm a little bit cautious of are his field goal percentage um, for a big... Um, but he he provides just decent value every. He shoots threes, good free throw percentage, solid points, good rebounds. Um, okay assists. Um, okay blocks. He's more of a uh, Lowry and I guess, in where where He's not necessarily the point of defense or the interior defender, um, but he does get decent steals. So yeah, no no punts for me regarding Kyle Filipowski at the moment, and that's probably rounding out my my next tier of guys. So next up, just a few guys here. Um, I've only done 21 in total. I've still got probably 10 more to do so far. Um, yeah, for our league, we don't need to do really the whole 60 guys, to be honest. We only draft two picks each and there's only 12 of us. So um, yeah, I'm not looking at any guys probably in the second round, maybe one or two, but nothing too big there. Um, so yeah, let's kick things off in this last year. So I've got Gigi Jackson, who... He is a, a just a, a true chucker, um, shoots a lot, and he's got a really poor field goal percentage. Um, because he shoots so much, he's okay with points, um, gets solid enough rebounds, and uh, a decent steals guy, but he's not passing the ball, and he's quite terrible at the line as well. So for him, I think you're just looking at punting um, field goal percentage or free throw percentage. Um Amone Bates, I've got next here. Um, if there wasn't a guy, if there was a guy, sorry, who epitomised someone who just shoots, does nothing else, it would be Ammoni Bates. Um, he is one of the worst prospects when it comes to assists, steals and blocks, but he's one of the best prospects when it comes to points and free throw percentage. Um, field goal percentage is a bit down just because he shoots so much, but he. He can be valuable just because he scores so many points. There's a lot of fanfare around guys who can do that. And you might be able to get some value for him if he has a few hot games to start his um, career out. But I'm just not sure how much value he can bring if he doesn't provide any any positive value for assists, steals, or blocks. And his turnovers are just average as well. Um, Yeah, so... I'm not overly high on Bates, but I think someone like him has value just because they do score points and they hit a lot of hard shots. And so there is some uh, media coverage that I think will hype up his value. Um, next, we've got our first real blocks guy, um, Kalel Ware. Um, great blocker, um, decent at the line for a big man as well. You don't see that every day. Um, but for him, he doesn't score many points, and he is quite poor at steals as well. So they're probably the two that you're going to want to be punting um, if you're taking him. Or you just, punting might not be not the right word. These are more so stats that you're not looking to add value to your team from from drafting this guy. Uh, next, we've got Chris Murray. Um, Chris is he's, he's good across the board. One of these guys, kind of lower down, who maybe doesn't have quite the... Um, media time or the hype that these other guys are getting. Um, but he's decent everywhere. He's got good field goal percentage, good points. He's kind of relied on a lot from that team. They kind of run a lot of plays through him, so they will help him. Uh, good rebounds and, and pretty good blocks as well. He's not really net negative anywhere. Um, I don't know how much of this will carry through to the NBA. I'm just not sure how much um, how effective he'll be with, with less play running through him and a smaller usage rate. Uh, next, we've got another a big block guy here, Derek Lively. I've loved watching this guy. Um, he suits the kind of player that I love. A great block, high field goal percentage guy that doesn't score that much. Um, but for me, it's not someone that I'm personally looking to take just because I am, I'm pretty strong in blocks already and I'm also strong in field goal percentage already. Um, so I am looking to, to branch out a little bit, as you should be. If you feel like you're strong in an area, don't just keep adding to that area because you won't beat any people you haven't beaten before. If you're top in blocks and you get more blocks, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to be beating someone that you weren't beating before. Um, however, with Lively, like I said, great with blocks, great field goal percentage, doesn't score. So don't look at him for any threes or points, and he's not that great at the line either with a poor free throw percentage. Uh, next here, we've got a, a, a verified scorer, um, Bryce Sensabaugh. great field goal. Percentage, great threes, great free throw percentage, awesome points, uh, and decent rebounds, but quite poor in assists, steals, and blocks. So, um, he's probably on the same sort of ilk as Amoni Bates, um, but I think Bryce has got probably more, um, more skill I think than than Amoni Bates. only Bates takes a lot of tricky shots and just makes makes them where Bryce is just a better overall scorer with great percentages. Both of them don't help you with assist steals, or blocks, um, but Bryce does, in fact, get a little bit more of those areas for you. So, um, yeah, if you want someone who can score your points, Bryce is your guy. And then last one here, I've got Jalen hood Shafino, who Tangathon didn't even have in their top 30-odd, I think, picks for a long, long time. There's only, what, probably on the 16th or 17th that day he was added on there. Um, I know no ceilings have been talking about Jalen hood Shafina for a long time. Um, I've had him around the early 20s, mid-teens on my board. Um, anyway, what's he going to help you with? He's going to help you with threes. and uh, Decent assists, decent steals too. Now, these guys are quite valuable. I always kind of like guys who give you assists and steals a bit later on. What um, he's not going to help you with the blocks. So if you're not too worried about blocks... Um, then add him to your team. But if you're looking to add blocks from this draft, then, then Jalen Hood-Shifeno is not your guy. Yeah, so that's my stat proficiencies for the top 20-ish guys. Um, don't, I guess, base all of your draft knowledge on this um, proficiency set. Um, what I would normally do is have a look at a few and then kind of floor of averages them out a little bit. Um, if someone's really high on someone, then you don't want to be persuaded to be high on him just for the sake that someone else has got him high. Um, I guess don't get too carried away with one person's opinions on a player and kind of look to see, okay, a lot of people are saying X player has great assists. I can probably rely on that to think that when I draft him, he's going to have good assists. Um, The next topic I just wanted to go through um, was what value these picks have in a draft. Um, And I don't mean this upcoming draft specifically, I just mean picks in general. Um, So, what I've done is I had a look at the top uh, 20 draft picks in every draft from the year uh, 2010, I think was the first year I looked at. Um, And these are the picks from, these are the first picks from each of those drafts up till last year. So, we had Wall, Irving, Davis, Bennett, Wiggins, Towns, Simmons, Fultz, Ayton. Zion, Edwards, Cade, and Bonquero. So, some big names there. Also, some names that have some um, unfavorable opinions or uh, results attached to them as well. So, there are chances with every draft that you're going to pick up someone like Bennett who doesn't work out and his peak value was 240. Um But there's also chances where you pick someone like Davis, who's returning second overall value in his second year in the league. Um, So there's the chance that gets to hit big, and there's also a chance to hit low. And that's with the number one draft pick. On average, after their first year, number one draft picks average 113 points. Second year, they average 97. Third year, 90. Fourth year, 104. Now, there's a bit of an outlier there with a few of these players, so a bit of an asterisk on these guys. Fifth year, 80. Sixth year, 51. Seventh year, 51. Eighth year, 80. Ninth year, 66. Tenth year, 6. Um, once again, a bit of an outlier there, with some of these players and missing seasons and how good the other ones were. Eleventh uh, season, season, 71. And then twelfth season, 34. Once again, some outlier guys in here. Um, So I guess what that says to me is that when you're picking with a number one pick, throughout, throughout the first four seasons, you're probably going to get about top 100 value. That's not to say you can't get higher. That's not to say you might get unlucky and pick someone lower. But that's about where you're looking at these guys. And that's decent value for a first round pick. For a first overall pick, sorry. From seasons five to eight, you're looking at around about 60 to 70 ish value on average, and that's pretty good. I'm I'd, I'd be happy with that. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would. However, from the ninth season to the 12th season, these guys tend to fade away. Um, so you 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 may want to look at moving these guys on at that point. Um, I don't want to go through the average just because we've got some outliers here in terms of the 10th season where, um, Bennett wasn't playing anymore, so his average isn't included in this. Um, you've also got John Wall, who wasn't playing that season, so his average wasn't included in this. And the other guys you've got in here, I guess helping with the average, are Irving and Davis, who had really good seasons um, in their 10th years. So you might be thinking, yeah, number one draft pick, not bad value. You're looking at top 100 for the first four years, and then probably top 60 to 70 in the next four to eight years, which is pretty good on average. Um, and that's even with a Bennett in there who was like peaked at 240 and his last season in the league hit was at 369 um, and that's also I guess including things like faults happening where he was really poor early with his injuries and now he's sort of coming good but you might end up with someone like that who you're, you have to reconsider holding him or trading him and, and you don't know if he's going to be if this is what he is or if he's going to be out of the league, or if he's going to improve drastically once he sorts out his injuries, there is a lot of risk with taking these draft picks, having no knowns. Whereas if maybe like we spoke about last episode, um, where you're trading your picks for an established player, there's way less question marks. You're not having to think about, "Or well, is this guy actually going to be good? You know whether or not a guy's good or not. Maybe your question mark is, is this guy going to be at risk of a re-injury? Is this guy at risk of being traded somewhere in a worse situation? They're the other questions that you have to answer. Whereas with a a prospect, you don't know how they're going to fit into the NBA. You can have a best case guess. You can have a a worst case scenario. Um, But there's a a lot of questions there. And this isn't to scare you off the number one pick. The number one pick is the best pick to have. If you're going to have a pick in the draft, you want the number one pick. Um, The chance of you getting that um, league-changing player that team-changing player is a lot higher when you've got the number one pick. You could get someone like Davis, who had, what's this, one, two, three, four, five, six, six seasons where he was first or second in overall value. Or you could get someone like Towns, who overall value was fourth in his first year, then sixth, then fifth, then fifth, then fifth, then, fifth, then twelfth, and eighth. There's a huge um, opportunity with the number one pick to get this awesome guy that's going to change so much about your team and how other people view your team if, in fact, it wasn't already good and you've just dominated the draft. Um, So, yeah, looking at the number two to five draft picks and where these guys average out, um, over the first four seasons, you're probably looking at an average of about 150, 130 maybe, And that's not bad. Look, if you can get a guy with your fifth pick that's going to average 130 in his first four seasons, you're pretty happy with that. But honestly, from there, you're not guaranteed anything. For the next five to eight seasons, the average is 150, 140. So around about the same. Um, There are some higher and lower numbers in there. And then from nine to 12, guys are, I guess either in their prime or they're not in the league anymore, um, you're averaging probably about 160, 170. Um, so yeah, the opportunity there for a great player is lower than an number one draft pick. Um, but it's still there. There's plenty of drafts where the second guy was the guy. Kevin Durant's an obvious example. Um, and even last year's draft with Cade getting number one, um, obviously he's out injured now this season. Um, but Jalen Green hasn't been the number two rookie in that draft. Um, you've got guys like Evan Mobley stepping up, Scottie Barnes stepping up, um, Josh Giddey stepping up, Franz Wagner stepping up massively, Cheng Trey Murphy. Um, you've got a lot of value in these draft picks, um, and it's not necessarily always tied to the number one picks. So There's still, still great value to have here, guys. It's just a, picking the right one. Um, I guess that's what this, this show is about. Um, we go through a lot of draft picks and you just want to make sure that you're, you've are you got the most data points and the, the you feel like you're comfortable with a lot of these guys and then you can pick the right one for you and your team um, and hopefully you dodge some of these guys that are out of the league in three seasons or can't get a contract once their rookie contract expires. Um, I, I did have another data set in here for picks six to 20. Um, but I think that probably range is a little bit too large so I won't, won't really go through that um, I'll probably have to break that up a little bit more before we discuss that um, but just know that it's not as good as 2-5 to five, and that's definitely not as good as the first overall pick um, so yeah I, I guess just some data there, some food for thought that if you're getting the first overall pick um, and you can average a top 100 player in the first 4 seasons, that's average if you can do better than that great. If you do worse than that, maybe you should have considered drafting a pick. And maybe you might have, a, I guess, a realization that, hey, I'm I'm not great at picking these players. Um, either I just follow what they do in the NBA, or I don't have enough time to invest in looking at all these prospects. So for me, I'm better off trading my pick for this value. Um, I'm not going to say you should trade them one pick for a top 100 value, because over the lifetime of that player, he's adding more value than a superstar is in maybe two years. Um, so yes, yeah, I'm not saying it's one for a hundred value. I'm just saying that if you're not comfortable taking one of these high draft picks and holding on to them for probably at least eight seasons, um, then maybe you should look at trading that on to someone who's going to give you value now. Um or start getting comfortable with the draft. I mean, this is what the content's all about here. Um, I'm trying to give you guys some insight into these players and what teams, um, I guess, that they're going to suit, what what punts these guys maybe, maybe fit into. Um, but yeah, if, if you're not comfortable taking a draft pick, then definitely look at trading that out because if you're not going to pick this well and you've got to pick 6 to 20, um, things may not pan out well for you. There's, there's definitely sound advice out there, guys. I remember last year, I wasn't making any content, but I was definitely um, absorbing a lot of this content. Um, and the the talk of the town was that uh, Kuminga could be a great prospect, but he was definitely going to be um, a work in progress for wherever he went. He was he was very raw. Um, the same thing went for Zahir Williams, who was picked number 10. Um, and the consensus was that there was a bit of work to do on him um, and just... I guess, where he needed him to improve. Um, so a couple of examples, and then you've got the, the flip side of that, like I mentioned. Um, Evan Mobley had a great um, stat set coming out of college. Um, Scotty Barnes even had a great, I thought from my point of view, had a great stat set coming out of college, um, had the ability to get some assists, and now he's being a real point of attack sort of player um, for Toronto, whether he's dishing it off or or trying to score himself. Um and then even Shangoon, everyone was talking about Shangoon in the draft. I remember, oh, it, it, he didn't come out of nowhere. I'll put it that way. People knew that Shangoon was good, a good solid prospect, and he's really shined. The stats that he flashed um, in, I think it was Europe, um, was it Europe? I think it was Europe. That the stats that he showed in Europe have really, I guess, um, been accentuated in the NBA with his great passing, um, really good footwork on the inside, maybe a lack of lack of defense. Um, But yeah, everywhere else has been great. I just want to write this up by saying I haven't got a crystal ball. No one does. Um, Like they say in no ceilings, you don't know if a prospect is going to go up, down, or in circles. Um, These guys are paid millions of dollars, maybe not millions, a lot of money in the NBA to find these draft prospects. And not everyone is a winner. So that tells you that there are guys that people see and people value and think are great. And then they just don't work out for whatever reason. Um, All you can do is get as much information as you can about all the prospects that are coming through and then make informed decisions about which direction you want to go, which players potentially help your team and then which ones may not be successful um, in terms of maybe they're a project for a while and and wanting to the court for a couple of years. Thanks for listening guys. I'll, um, I'll share my prospect board on Twitter. Um, at some point, once I've got this up, I'll speak to you guys later.